listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 28th of July 2021. Later, how China's moves on its tech sector has impacted global markets. But first, to the extended lockdown in Sydney, which is set to hit economic growth. And while Australia may avoid a technical recession, it may also feel like a recession in some places anyway. For more, I spoke earlier with the Commonwealth Bank's senior economist, Belinda Allen. Belinda, to what extent will these extended lockdowns hit the Australian economy? So we expect to see quite a severe impact on not only the national economy, but also uh, the New South Wales economy as well. And the main reason for that is Greater Sydney contributes around 25% to the national economy. So the severe lockdown we've seen in Greater Sydney, it's already lasted five weeks, stated to last another four weeks with probably restrictions in place after that, will obviously have a sizable impact uh, on the economy. So we do expect uh, the third quarter economic growth to contract by 2.7%. Uh, and we should see a small recovery in the fourth quarter as well. But as a result, growth over 2021 will come in lower than what we had expected pre-lockdown. Pre-lockdown, we had expected the Australian economy to expand by over 5% in 2021. That figure now looks closer to 3.6%. So that's not two consecutive negative quarters of growth, which means we avoid a technical recession. But given it's still a fall of 2.7%, will it feel like a recession? Oh, it will definitely, even for New South Wales. So our forecast for state final demand, which is uh, similar to uh, national GDP, we have the New South Wales economy going backwards by 9%. So that's obviously a very large decline. So for the people of Greater Sydney, obviously we're going to feel the brunt of those impacts. It won't be two quarters, but I think when we look at just the sharp fall, but also the impact on the labour market, which is crucial to that, uh, it will feel uh, like a pretty deep downturn. And we do expect in Greater Sydney around 300,000 jobs to be lost and the national unemployment rate to lift from its current levels of around 5% to closer to 5.6% over coming months. So you've seen these big falls in Sydney. What are the flow-on effects to the rest of the country? I think we're still learning about how interconnected the different state economies are. One of the ways that we can look at that is by looking at what's been happening in our CBA household card spending data. So obviously we've seen New South Wales card spending fall dramatically. We've seen spillover to the ACT, I think just given how close those two economies are. Victoria and South Australia have been in lockdown, but we noted when those two economies were in lockdown, the Tasmanian card spending data has also slowed. And just elsewhere, we have seen a bit of a slowdown as well. I think crucially in all of this will be the impact on confidence. I think there's a bit more uncertainty creeping in about the control of the Delta variant. And if we see further outbreaks, so we could see some cautiousness creep in in those other states. So what does this all mean for RBA policy? So it's a good question. So here at CBA, we did have quite an aggressive uh, view on the RBA. So we had expected them to start to raise the cash rate in November 2022, just given our optimism about how the economy was going to be performing at the tail end of 2021 and into 2022. Obviously, given uh, the downturn that we've seen uh, will result because of these outbreaks, uh, we have had to push back that first rate hike by the RBA. We now expect that in May 2023. But then for rates to, to lift 
from them just because the Australian economy in 2022, barring any major COVID outbreaks or lockdowns, should look really good. Expansionary fiscal policy and monetary policy will be in place. The labour market should tighten quickly given the closure of those international borders. And we have a war chest in household savings at the moment that should only expand given we really can't spend our money uh, very widely at the moment. So we do expect household savings to continue to lift, the economy should recover and the RBA should be set to lift interest rates in 2023. Are there any upsides, though, to your forecast? I mean, what's the best way out of this? So the best way out of it is obviously the vaccination program. Uh, So we had a good look at uh, the rollout of the vaccine program uh, and what level the government seems willing to want, maybe around 80% of the adult population. It's kind of late October when those numbers start to look in line. If it's earlier, that will help. But the upside definitely will come from vaccine rollout, no more lockdowns, and that should really help the Australian economy expand. Belinda Allen there from the Commonwealth Bank. The Australian share market fell on news of that extended lockdown. The S&P ASX 200 down 0.7%, 7,379. Tech stocks were down also, along with the miners and banks, but there was China, something to do with it. For more, I spoke earlier with Adam Dawes from Shaw and Partners. Adam, the market's down today. Why? Yeah, really interesting one. I think it was obviously a, a soft lead from Wall Street overnight. Plus then also we've started to see inflation numbers ticking, ticking up a little bit today, which certainly didn't uh, affect the market. Plus US futures also negative. So I think we're following that. So there's a couple of reasons why we're down today. There's an interesting international story going on right now. China is clamping down on technology companies there, especially those that have some sort of foreign interest, right? It really hit those technology stocks in the US like Amazon, your Tencent overnight. The Hang Seng got slammed yesterday. What's this all about and what are the implications for Australia, if any? Yeah, look, it certainly is. It's uh, shaking up those regulations and especially in those tech companies that are suffering the most. China's technology sector regulator ordered the country's internet giants to fix certain anti-competitive practices and data security threats and breaches. So basically that means that they've put a, a range of a range of sanctions or, or on these kinds of things. China's Ministry of Industry and Information Technology, which oversees China's telecommunications industries and policies, said in the next six months, a program is aimed to correct a range of industry issues, including disruption, market orders, and infringing on, inf- on, on users' rights. So basically, they didn't specify any names, but as you absolutely said, uh, most of these tech giants in the last 12 to 48 hours have seen over $237 billion wiped off their market share. And that is with the Hang Seng, which is like the NASDAQ tech sector. So it's not fantastic for these international companies. Does it relate here to Australia? Yes, there is a little bit of relation there, but it really is those ones that potentially might be looking to deal with China or deal with China in, in, in the future. But certainly our stocks today haven't been affected as much as some of those larger ones on the Hang Seng. And this is going to get very busy over the next few weeks. It's profit reporting season here in Australia. What are you expecting? What are the themes? 
Yeah, look, speaking for earnings upgrades, really, I mean, that's going to be driven by higher commodity prices and the, and the booming housing market. So that's what we're expecting. Some of the themes that we really like at the moment are that we're seeing a lot of low implied volatility in the market, which says that there potentially will be some more bullish outcomes for those results. Also looking for the banks to report some really strong numbers on their credit growth and see how their housing market is going forward. Plus then also the dividends in the material stocks in the mining sector. I think they're going to be looking very attractive and it's going to be very interesting to see what they come up with that. So there's going to be some really big points for our reporting season this year. Adam Dawes there from Shore and Partners. And after the markets closed, Rio Tinto became the first of the majors to post their profits uh, up around 156% for the half year. That's underlying profit to 12 billion US dollars. Of course, it has been a major beneficiary of government stimulus, which has uh, prompted an increase in infrastructure pro uh, projects around the world, which need iron ore. There's been a short supply of iron ore around the world pushing up prices. So companies like Rio Tinto have benefited as a result and shareholders will be showered with a bit of a huge payout 262% higher than in 2020, and that includes a special dividend. I think it's around $5.16 uh, US per share. That is SBS on the money for this Wednesday. Don't forget you can listen to this as a stream on your favourite podcast app, including the SBS radio app, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Music.